Welcome to Double Impact, a podcast where we double back on the movies that impact us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Gregory. You certainly are. Formal today. Very formal. You are wearing a... A shacket. A shacket. This thing's <laughs> been a... This has been my winter hit. Well, I, I probably should... I've worn around the house too much. Right. And now it's like... It's got all those little, you know, those little balls you get on clothes. Oh, yeah. Sleep in them. I've had a need few one of them, those things, those swipey things. Yeah, I tried to. Yeah, the swipey thing. I use the swipey thing, but it hasn't fully belt sander. Ah, that's an idea. You got a belt sander? You can actually. I've seen it. Maybe I've seen it on the TikToks. You can get ones that almost looks like hair clippers, and it like oh. shaves off the the balls. There you go. I need a ball shaver. <laughs> yeah, Google that. <laughs> You'll be on your way. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Manscape. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't do anything for Manscape. Uh, we talked to them briefly. We did briefly. They're big in the influencer space. Yeah, it didn't seem worth packing our podcast with ads for such little return. No, they're like. Why don't you just give us free ads for a month and we'll decide whether we want to do more with you? That was their yeah. pitch, wasn't it? Yeah. And then I think we said, what, what if we don't reply? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. That's where we landed. You can't buy us. We're not for sale. <laughs> we are. We are very much for sale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Let me get the story straight. We are for sale. but greg you made a good point before i talked over you that um we will be embracing any and all tangents in this episode because ah yes the the subject matter is uh, leaves a lot to be desired Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny too because we just did the whole lap pack thing and i thought oh you know technically that that miniseries is over but it's another JC. What a nice way to just transition, you know. Oof. But it's it's another Universal Soldier movie, which you know we, we covered the best one a few weeks ago. So it's it's yeah. in stark contrast to that. It is the last JCVD film to be released theatrically, until ironically the JCVD the the, the film titled JCVD came out in two thousand and eight. So. Wow. It's it's dire. <laughs> What's a what we need like a sad wow. 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 I guess it's contextual. It kind of sounds sad if you want it to. The last oh, yeah. theatrically oh, yeah. released film until two thousand and eight. Wow. Uh, that sounds a bit upbeat. You're, it's there's a bit there's a bit of optimism in there. Yeah. Um and there probably shouldn't be. That so we're really heading into the um the T V years and yeah. Tell you what, they got the ball rolling with this one. We can talk a bit about that shortly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Greg and I were just texting before this like, hey, and actually let me let me preface this by saying I'm sure every Van Damme movie out there is someone's favourite Van Damme movie. You can probably tell this is not ours. This is just mm-hmm. personal taste. So you're allowed to like this mm. film. That's totally fine. Uh, not our favourite. But anyway, what I was going to say was we do a JCVD film every 10 episodes. So So every 10 weeks. And we do them in chronological order. So theoretically, to get to that 2008 film, it's going to take us like two and a half years. Oh, good. There's so many films in between. So Greg and I were texting before the show like I think <laughs> I think there needs to be a plan on this because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people are going to listen. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? If this is what the fans want, of course we'll fucking do it. But our JC episodes are generally our lowest 
<laughs> they are. I've listen. had I've had friends who are um, you know friends before being friends of the show, friends and friends of the show. They're both. Yeah, and they've gone. Yeah, mate. I um I do skip over the JC episodes these days. Like, oh, <laughs> oh. Huh. And for anyone that is here, we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate your ear time. Yeah. Um, thanks for stopping by, San Diego. Yeah. Um, but 1999, Tristan. Big year. Yeah, and inversely, there was some quality coming out in 1999 on the small screen. Oh, I see we did there. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the debut of none other than The Sopranos. Oh. Diamond community, ma. There you go. <laughs> One more time. Wait, I didn't do it very well. It's a diamond community, ma. It's a diamond community, There ma. you go. I can't do it. I don't know. I lost it's, it. That's probably not your best one. It's it's yeah. it's it's true. He does a great retirement community, ma. We'll get it before the episode's out. I know it's in there. <laughs> it's the only line I can remember. It's one of your best. Yeah. So I've built it up now. I'll come back to it. Come back to it. Maybe you yeah. know. Maybe you need a morning one. Sometimes the morning it's a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of retirement community, Ma, mm-hmm. Sopranos was originally uh, the concept by none other than David Chase. David E. Mm-hmm. Chase. David Chase. David Chase. Might be. I don't think so. Someone else has an E in there. Someone. Stephen E. D'Souza. It was originally the concept was going to be a film, and it was about. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a mob guy who was having problems with his mother, with his ma, and was <laughs> in therapy for it. Sounds yeah. more like Analyze This. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously they quickly pivoted, pivot to yeah. uh, a TV series, thank God, because it's pretty hard to argue that if this isn't the best TV show ever made, it's in the conversation at the very least, you cannot deny its significance in the evolution of television. Big time. I had a quick little – now, I, I haven't got a lot of depth here, but I did have a quick little squiz uh, at, you know, was this the sort of change in TV quality? Mm. Um, uh, that's right, Kent. It was pretty much was. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. So I, I look around it and I think uh, 1998 Oz came out. That was the first one, right? That was the first HBO I think, original. I think so. Yeah, I think, think so. so. Now, people might be shaking their heads at home, um, but that's what we've got the chat group for. We've got the Facebook there so you can get on there and say you're wrong. But as far as I could tell, Oz was probably the first big one and that was a little bit underground in some... That was pretty underground, Sopranos. Yeah. We watched it. Um, yeah, it's great. It was on SBS for some reason. That's right, yeah. SBS, man, they've always had a knack for the quality. Mm. Yeah, um, and then obviously after Sopranos, we had we were we were spoiled with a with the ongoing series of high quality television. I think Six Feet Under was not too long after this. Um, yeah, uh, other, others, others. The Wire, Even True of Blood was pretty good in the beginning, and they got a bit. Silly. Which one? True Blood. I liked that show. Yeah, yeah. I had so many conversations yeah. with people about True Blood, and they're like, oh. Was that a vampire show? That sounds so dumb. And then I'd kind of explain it and they're like, oh, okay. And then the next day they'll be like, oh, I watched that True Blood show. That was fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and sexy. And sexy. 
I think so that's good. part of it too. There was definitely this HBO brand, which was they swear and there's boobs, but it's also good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, what else do you need? Yeah. And I think with The Sopranos, right, like you were saying, I'm sure it would have been a good movie if it was a movie, but, man, we would have missed out because yeah, it probably would have just been another another mafia movie. A good one, but, you know, just another. But the depth that we get to go into with a series, you know, you get to really explore. It's special. Yeah. I've got a couple of random facts for, you know, while we're, while we're here, a couple of run, fun yeah. random facts about the show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we all know that the mafia used to reach out to them to tell them they're doing a great job and all these sort of things. Great fucking job. Doing a great job. You're doing things. I didn't realise that Silvio was like a guitarist in uh, E Street Band. <laughs> yeah. How did I? He's a proper muso. He wasn't an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't really know who the E Street Band was then, but I think my mother pointed that out to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. I remember like hearing that, but I didn't really know what that meant. And my only like other data point was that Conan's drummer was Max Weinberg, also from the E Street Band. <laughs> so I was like, what is this band. E Street Band just sprinkled all over pop culture? There you go. Yeah. But it was great. He was great. He was great. I really enjoyed him. Um, he had the hair. Lorraine Bracco was originally going to be Carmella. Oh, wow. Well, Steve Van Sant was actually uh, auditioned for Tony. He didn't, but then he was like, I don't want to take that role. I'll give that role to an actor, like a proper actor. I'm, I'm a guitarman. It's probably for the best. Like he was good, but I don't know if he would have the range and the subtleties. He, yeah. he was kind of a cartoon character a little bit. Yeah. A li- yeah. I'm with you. I don't know how. You know, we got these precasties and we're like, yeah, is that just a good story? Yeah. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I told them they should get someone else. <laughs> um, Tarantino, they play, They played a clip of um, True Romance, which um, stars Gandolfini. Ah. And that was like the, you need to put, think about this guy. Interesting. That's how he was invited to audition. So it was his role in uh, True Romance that got him the... Got him the audition, effectively. And that show gets weird too, man. Have you? you did you start rewatching it? No, you started rewatching The Wire. I try. Again, I, I, yeah, I need to rewatch. I, I would like to rewatch Sopranos. It gets pretty heavy. Well, it is heavy the whole time. We watched it maybe five years ago ish, and you forget how weird it gets too, because there's episodes where he's just having dreams or something, and he's just some guy, a businessman at an airport or something. <laughs> yeah, right. And his accent's gone, and you forget that he doesn't actually talk like Tony Soprano. He talks. Very different normally. Like, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting show. There's a lot going on there that I think we forget. Tons. And I like this. I thought the, the finale was good. I know it's a controversial oh, yeah. one. Yeah. To be fair though, I watched it years later. I think if I was hanging for that episode and that's how it ended, I might feel a little underwhelmed. If you were very invested at the time. Yeah, at the time. Did you know he used to put a, a pebble in his shoe occasionally when he wanted to look particularly uncomfortable? <laughs> It'll do it. It's like, oh, what a method actor. It'll do it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Good on him. R.I.P. James Gandolfini. What a legend. And, of course, Paulie who passed away very recently. Yeah. And he was a real guy. Was he? He was, he was a mafia man. Yeah. I believe that's the term. Sweet Black Panther tat. Like yeah. Tat. And the wingtips. So that's um, that's the. I just felt we probably should cover some quality content in this episode. So that was the little. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace yourself. That one. 
99, big year for telly. And I graduated high school. Ah, big year for Gregory. Yeah, big year for Gregory. It was a big year for Gregory because, yeah, in the movie world, Notting Hill came out. Oh. We should do that soon because I, I hate on it now mainly as a joke, but I don't think I like it. I'm ready when you are, Tristan, I'm ready when, I'm ready when you are. <laughs> I'm ready when you are ready to open up your heart. It was, hey, you know what? It was also the year The Sixth Sense came out, which I've never seen. Wow. Because I heard a spoiler and I'm like, I just don't need to watch it now. I've never seen it, yeah. Wow. It's it's a good movie. We should do that as well. We could maybe do that in our horror run. That's kind of got horror. Yeah, cues. true, true, true. Kids sees dead people, dead people horror. I just feel like I just felt like, I, and I could have this totally wrong. That it's the kind of movie where if you know the twist, it's probably not that interesting. But I could be wrong. Um. Oh well, let's watch it and find out. That's we got. Mm. We got this podcast. We can. That's we can do true. These if, only, if only there was a mechanism where we could <laughs> <Only a reason laughs> and right decide if it. it holds up or is best left in the past. The oh, Mummy the came past. out too. The Mummy. The Mummy. I always forget that's in our era. That's in our jurisdiction. We should do that. Yeah, we should. We do love it. us some Brendan. Did American Pie come out in '99? American Beauty did. Oh, good question though. I thought it was nine. It must be '98. Or something. Maybe it was 99 in Australia because I remember I was in uh, year 12 yeah. and it was like, you know, relatable. Probably content. was. Probably was, you know, back in those Eerily. days. We've covered a few movies from this year though. Um, End of Days came in at number ah, 18 that Thomas year. Thomas Aquinas, of course. Tell me everything you know about Thomas Aquinas. Uh, Bowfinger, which we covered with the great Alexei Toliopoulos. Of course. South Park. Bigger, Longer and Uncut came in at number 63 that year. Uh, but there was a film that came out in 1999 that was not ranked mm. in the top 200 globally or whatever the number is. Um, it, it wasn't released outside of the US in cinemas, uh, but it did come in at 136 domestically. Oh. And that film was called Universal Soldier, The Return. <laughs> Really makes you think. <laughs> Came out in August of 1999. Budget of ah, great month. We're in August now. Is... <laughs> hey, there you go. What are the odds? <laughs> One in twelve. One um... in twelve. <laughs> uh, um, we have a good time. We do. We, we're all laughing. Um, <laughs> budget of twenty-two to forty-five million dollars. I'm going to assume. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I saw forty-five million dollars on screen. Mm. Um, there was a couple of explosions. Oh, there were some explosions, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. They don't, they don't pay for themselves. They don't. And neither does the box office with a gross of ten point seven million dollars. So not even Ooh, touching the um, sides. Oh, I hope, what was the marketing budget? I wonder. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, on the other hand, um, mm-hmm. psych. It's on the same hand. Critic score of five percent. <laughs> oh. Audience score of oh. 24%. Critic consensus, Universal Soldier The Return fails on almost every level from its generic story to its second-rate action and subpar performances. Mm. I guess that's the podcast. Mm. That's the episode. All right. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. 
Thanks for stepping back. Now, was this a big one for you, Greg? No, it was not. Same. I only saw it this week. Yeah, um, me too. I don't know, like, it's still universal. Like, I'm surprised I didn't watch it because it's mm. still Universal Soldier. It's still got Van Damme. It's got Michael Jai White, who yeah. is a badass. Yeah. Got um, Goldberg. I mean, I'm not a... I've, I've, not a big WWE man, but you know, it's not like it's not it's not without its attraction. Yeah, on paper, it's fine. Well, even more than on paper, that I'll get into it later. But this 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 movie has all the ingredients that I would want, but it, it just I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, obviously we love the first Universal Soldier, and we quite liked that newer one we did, um, Day of mm, Reckoning. Respect, or at least respect. yeah, respect it. Um, something it's it's a reimagining for sure, but yeah, I never got around to this one. Mm. Um, mm. But I guess my instincts were right, perhaps. <laughs> um, we'll unpack this film, and again, sorry if you love this film, but you know, apologies in advance. Anyway, um, why don't I get into the origin story, please? Origin story. We've been on quite a journey with the old JCVD, the old Jean-Claude mm. Van Beerenberg. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as we mentioned, we, we do a JC, video, a JC movie once every 10 episodes in chronological order. So, you know, our journey so far, it's been 11 years since Bloodsport, 10 years since Kickboxer, eight years after Double Impact, seven years after Universal Soldier 1. Wow. Five years after the Denim Westerns, Nowhere to Run and Hard Target. Five years after Street Fighter and Time Cop. Four years after Sudden Death. Mm. And, uh, That's an interesting one. Yeah, three, three years after The Quest, his directorial debut. And, yeah, Greg is gesturing with his hands. A, it's a bit a, of an Enron roller yeah. coaster coming up, isn't it? A shape that very closely resembles the data if I was to chart the box office results here. So, you know, peaking at Street Fighter slash Time Cop, you know, we're getting around 100 mil at the box office there, um, all the way to where we are today at, you know, $10 million. And Legionnaire, the one right before this in 1998, was, was his first straight-to-video, which I suppose would become a trend. So, yeah. We love JC, obviously. Again, if, if you've just typed into Apple Podcasts, Universal Soldier, The Return, and you're a big fan and you've come into this and you're like, who are these guys? Rip it into my friend JC. We're with you. We love JC. He's the best. He's our Lord and Savior. We fucking love him and we've been on this journey and it's been beautiful. Uh-huh. And maybe it's because we've seen so many movies of his now that this one, you know, we've got a pretty strong baseline for what's good and what ain't. But, man. They haven't utilized his powers. Anyway, we'll talk yeah. about it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, sorry, I'm, sli- I'm slipping into the rewatch again. So there was a producer on the first film called Craig Baumgarten. Craig. And he... Oh, Craig. Craig. Yeah, in, in America he's probably called Craig. And mm. um, in Australia he's Craig. <laughs> He'd been wanting to make a sequel um, for years upon years. Um, but b- apparently because Carol Coe had gone bust, it was really hard to secure the rights. Now, I've read this in relation to this film, but I was like, oh, what about those other direct-to-video sequels that came out before this? 
And interestingly, they both came out in 1998, only one year before this. Mm. So in 98 and 99, there were three Universal Soldier films. Why? And you know what's even crazier? The two direct-to-TV films, the first one, Brothers in Arms, had Gary Busey in it and fucking um, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. And the other direct-to-video one called Unfinished Business has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than this one. So, yeah, it's it's funny. Strange. But I guess somewhere around 97, 98, the rights became available again and, and we get this. But um, also on this film specifically, it, it was a script that already existed that wasn't written as a Universal Soldier film. So it got adapted. It got rewritten a little bit to fit into the series. But um, Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, which which I wouldn't hold against it. I think yeah, as we get into it, I, I think there's some merit to the premise and whatever. That's fine. That happens. It's Hollywood. Then a director named Mick Rogers came in to direct, um, who interestingly was a stunt coordinator on Lethal Weapon and a second unit director on Braveheart. So he's, well, a, he's a Mel Gibson uh, Yeah, man. apparently he's Mel Gibson's stunt double for a bunch ah, of movies. Ah, there you go. Yeah, a bunch of the Lethal Weapons, um, even Braveheart, yeah. like the big ones. He was he was Mel's guy. So this guy yeah. knows this guy knows action. He knows action. Lives it. Um, this would be his only director credit, though. Having said that, well, look, you know, you can't I've never do directed everything. a film. Yeah, and I would say that's top tier stuntsmanship because Lethal Weapon, like, there's big stunts in those jumping off True. buildings and whatnot. If he's Mel's guy, this guy must be a legend. That's a good point. And I think you make a very good point, Greg. And let me backtrack a little because I think it's a little unfair for me to make a tongue-in-cheek comment about this being his only director credit. He's done so much as well as directing a film. That's respect. I respect that. Mm, mm, mm. I haven't directed a film. I've barely done any stunts. I fell out of the top bunk once. I got six stitches in my chin. That's about it. Did you? Yeah. I think you've said that. That's hectic. Yeah. Yeah. And that house is now a restaurant in Singapore. And I went and ate yeah, there. That was cool. So we got, we got closure on that trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where that is too. Is Anyway, we don't yeah. The old black and white house. Yeah, um, great joy. Hey, there's some, there are some precasties here. And it's, I'm not going to say ironic, it's pretty bang on uh, because the role that <laughs> Goldberg played was meant for Steve Austin. And I meant to say even last week, when we did Expendables, that I always used to get Steve Austin and Goldberg mixed up. Yeah. How would you not? Yeah. When I hit play on this the other day, I was like, oh, we got Steve Austin again. And it wasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's interesting, right? I can tell the difference because of the traps. Yeah, right. His traps go up to his ears. He can't He's turn his head. Big man. He is a big man. Um, and that's all I got. Bish, bash, boss. You got yourself a movie. Rap party. Uh, Where would the rap party be? Yeah, Viper Room. Rap Party at the Viper Room. Let's play the trailer. Hmm. These are the soldiers of the new millennium. Almost perfect. Almost human. Almost. They're not responding to our command. Under our control. Now, one will lead them to destroy mankind. The time of man has ended. And one will return. Luke, did 
Devereaux, the original Universal Soldier, to stop him. No, 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 no. Been there, done that. The only way is to blow them up and hope the pieces don't keep fighting us. This summer, it's man against machine. Capture Luke Devereaux. Minimal damage. One soldier against the ultimate warrior. Dangerous. The winner controls the future. Universal Soldier, The Return. This is not your lucky day. It's, it's pretty crazy looking at that trailer. And again, we grew up. It's a good looking trailer. Good looking trailer. We grew up. I, I, I've got to say, for me, JC, Universal Soldiers, probably top three or even top two for me growing up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that I guess it was never marketed, to, it never made it to us marketing wise. But I mean, there must have been millions of us in the US as well. Yeah, it's just interesting that it didn't really catch on, even if it wasn't good. Mm. I yeah. would have liked it more in that at that age, probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, yeah, we've seen so many now that Lena and we just we've just come off doing a lap pack miniseries, which covered some pretty solid stuff. Mm. So we've got a. The bar is set high, you know, right now, whereas the bar when I was a kid, very low. Very low. Low bar. <laughs> low bar. Uh, anyway, what happened in this movie, Greg? Well, I'll tell you what, Tristan, I'm not, I wasn't very sure. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had to read it after, man. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I am going to use Wikipedia to um, help, um, help explain yeah. to yeah, our fair listeners and to you and I, what actually yeah. went down. So it's apparently at least 15 years since Sergeant Andrew Scott's death, a.k.a. Interesting. Dolph. Interesting. Uh, former Unisol Luke Devereaux, who's our protagonist. Now, apparently mm. he's been turned into a normie. Yeah. By genetic procedures. Turned him back. He's just a normal dude now. Yeah, so I didn't know that from watching it. It, it, To be fair, on all of this, it was probably in there, but it was just so hard to pay attention. But I I had no idea he was just a normal human now, which also means that they've just, they found a cure for death, right? Because (laughs) you die (laughs) and then you come back as a universal soldier, but then they can also just undo the universal soldier part. Yeah. So you're just a human. Pish, bash, bosh, immortal. Because you know how they do it, Tristan? Genetic procedures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had some of those. Yeah, it's like, um, it's kind of like Jurassic Park for humans. Ah. This is basically Jurassic Park. Um, So he's working for the government. He stayed pretty close to his, you know, his brand though. He's working with them uh, on a Unisol program. Yeah. He's um, he's had a, was that wife, was that meant to be the chick from Universal Soldier? Was that his wife? I that couldn't. Died? I don't think so. Maybe. Gen- yeah. Generic oh, blonde maybe. lady. Is that how he had a daughter? Yeah. And she's so sad not only because her mom's died. 
So these genetic procedures not only bring you back to life, but also your sperms. Yeah, you're a fully functioning human by the sounds of it. But then they couldn't bring his wife back. I don't know what happened, but she, she didn't get to come back. No! Yeah, so there was a nice moment there. Um, yeah. So back to, back to the lab. Get, you, you guessed it, Tristan. They're, they're working on a new Unisol, the 2500 model, of course. Um, mm. And uh, yes, that's right. You guessed it as well. They're faster and stronger. Mm. The 2500. Um, of course they are. Robots get better with each iteration, like an iPhone. It's it's they're basically human iPhones. Exactly. Now they've gone for a bit of a uh, space odyssey theme. We've got Hal. I mean Seth. Um, <laughs> self-evolving thought helix. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's basically a glowing light that talks to you. Um, voiced none other than um, Michael Jai White. Um, oh, it is? That's nice. Well, I assume it is. I assume it is because he becomes... Well, I don't know. Maybe it's mm. not. Anyway, <laughs> they're, they're going to shut this program down, Tristan. They're shutting it down. Everyone's up in arms, especially Seth the, the Hal. Mm. So he basically causes an uprise in the, uh, in the, in the 2500 models and they run around killing some people, mm. uh, including Goldberg, Bill. Um, and he's very big and muscly, so he kills a, quite a few. Now, I think our hero tries to shut Seth down. Um, and guess what? Not having it. He's got the help of an ambitious reporter, female, sexy one. <laughs> Just like in the first one. He really likes his um, reporters, doesn't he? His uh, sassy blonde reporters is his type. He's got he, a type, him, yeah. What's your type? I like sassy blonde reporters. <laughs> Be great actresses. That's very astute on your part. So these two are running around trying to solve things. Meanwhile, Seth is like, char- you know, he's a bit like Chucky. He's got to got to get into a human body. Um, uh, yeah. So he gets, you know, the hacker to help him. Um, tell you what, Tristan, picks a pretty good body. <laughs> Picks a pretty good body. I almost tricked Ara into watching this with me. How? And well, she just happened to be in the room, and she said, "Oh, <laughs> what's that bread with nuts in it called? That Jewish bread?" Uh, babka. Maybe. Oh no, I said babka after she said it. Something like that. Anyway, uh, there's that shot of Michael Jai White from the back, and it just shows his back, and she's like, "His his back looks like a loaf of." Insert bread name there, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty astute. Yeah. Braided loaf. That's not the name, but it's close. Anyway. You get the idea. Yeah. Oh, I've lost my spot. Okay, so he gets out into into Michael J. White's body. Good choice. Mm. Um, and, you know, from there, they, ha- they duke it out. They duke it out, Tristan. They sure do. The film covers... Grief and loss and sadness. And they're just the emotions I was feeling when watching it. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a moral tale, I would assume. And then it's got, uh, you know, then, the, then there's some exploding. He saves the day, Tristan. He saves the day. Yeah, um, sure does. They, 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 they killed all the unisols. Um, and then mm. including Seth, which is Michael J. White. Yeah. Mm. Um, and probably Goldberg probably died in there somewhere too, yeah. um, which is quite sad. And that's the end of the Goldberg. film. The film, 
Thin. Film, yeah. I liked how at the end of the day, Seth had to succumb to the Achilles heel of all lap pack sci-fi villains, the dreaded liquid nitrogen. <laughs> oh, gosh, Whether you're a T-1000 or, or, or Wesley Snipes in, in that other movie, it's coming for you. It is the quicksand Demolition of, Man? of lap pack sci-fi. Yeah, Demolition Man, there you go. It is the quick, yeah, good, stoked. Remember how important liquid nitrogen was to a young man in the 90s from action movies? A big deal. Like very? Yeah, like, that's a real thing. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> so what did you think? Okay, so you watched this before me I, and you gave me a heads up that it's a stinker. And so <laughs> I appropriately like lowered the bar. No, that was good. And then when I fired it up, I was like, you know, how bad could it be? Because it's still mm. JC and it's still Universal Soldier and, you know. Michael J. White. Michael J. White's in it. And JC comes on screen and I'm like, ah, so nice to see him again. It's been a while, you know. And then it was all downhill from there. <laughs> like it just got so boring, man. Like I had yeah. to watch it over like three viewings. It's 83 minutes. Fuck, that's crazy. It's an hour and 20-odd minutes. They must have known they had a stinker. I mean, they must have. Like, yeah, man. Usually when something's that short, yeah. (laughs) That's like an episode of The Sopranos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it was was so hard to watch. 80 minutes doesn't sound that Mm. hard, but, man, yeah. And you know what? I really struggled because... I think when I really like a movie, I, I find it really relatively easy to talk about why I liked it. But this movie, it made me feel, or made me realize, because it's probably true, that I don't really know much about movies. Because I don't know how to articulate <laughs> why it's so bad, but or why it's boring. Like, what I don't know what it needed to do to fix it. Mm. Because on paper, there's a lot that I like, I would like there. You know, there's a bar fight at a strip club. <laughs> you know, there's. There's a hacker with a with blue hair. Um, yep. These are some of my main things. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a strong, it's a decent sci-fi premise, and there's AI and all that kind of. You know, it's it's conceptually the film is right up my alley. Um, Execution-wise, I don't really know how to articulate what it is, other than it's just meh. It looked like it, the aesthetic looked like a daytime TV show. Yeah, from yeah. like. The, you know, earlier 90s. Yeah. The the closest thing I could think of is like uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. There's some movies in that that look like this where it just looks like, yeah, a TV Cheap. movie or like why a is, porno. Is that? Like, Can, yeah. yeah. Can someone yeah. explain to us why, it, like, why does it look like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, it's obviously really tropey and that kind of thing, but. Tropes aren't necessarily bad, but I don't know. It was just on autopilot. We're, we're pro-trope, I would say. Yeah, we're pro-trope in a lot of ways. Yeah, because it's almost like if it leaned into it even more, into like a Robert Rodriguez kind of territory, that could be fun. Or, you know, if we were to be so lucky, a Verhoeven or something. But um, I, I realise I write that on every bad movie. What if Verhoeven directed it? <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Movies are meant to be bad. Actually, me, the acting reminded me of video game acting. Um, oh, it was just, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, it was not good acting. 
wasn't it the was best. some of the worst acting I think we've seen on this podcast. My Probably. God. Probably. Yeah. And, the, <sighs> and again, there was there was people in this that do movies like. that we like. Yeah. It had the Seinfeld guy. Yeah, yeah, it had two of them. Who was the other one? So George's boss, I think yeah. it's probably who you're thinking of, yeah. Mr. Kruger. And it also had, the hacker was Elaine's co-worker. From where? From which? I Peter think Rips? he was the one that kept taking credit for her work. He would just be standing behind her. Oh, wow, something. that. Yeah, but I, I'm not 100% sure. I've gotten this wrong before. Someone's pointed out on the Friends of the Show Facebook group that I've gotten this wrong before. But it was definitely in Seinfeld. As a co-worker, but I, I couldn't well, find – I tried to find a clip. I couldn't find it. I found um, – I don't know if you want to – if we want to watch it, but um, the chap, Mr. Kruger, because he's pretty good, man. Let's visit Mr. Kruger. He's great. His name was Daniel Von Barg and he actually passed away about oh. six years ago, um, sadly. And a couple of years prior, he tried to kill himself. He shot himself in the head and it didn't work. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so he had a, he apparently had a lot of health issues, which is I was really sad to read. Um, oh you man, know, got these little characters. We just don't realize what's going on in their life. That's true, man. That's you got to always just be nice to people because everyone's going through something. Mm. That's fucked. Poor guy. He brought joy to so many people. <sighs> yeah, he was great. <laughs> An episode where he's like, "Oh, I've locked myself out of the office." I'm going- <laughs> That's the one I always think of. <laughs> it's, I think it's like the second one. In this okay. Entirely. Well, let's remember the good times. Yeah. Your background is impressive, George, but uh, how does it apply to what we do here at Kruger Industrial Smoothing? Well, at the Yankees, it was, uh, it was all about smoothing things over, you know, chiseling away, grinding down. In fact, we, uh, we used to call it the grind. It says here you worked at Play Now for four days. That that should be a 14. Let me just... <laughs> well, George, I'll be honest. I could go either way on you. But what the hell? We need someone, huh? You, uh, you won't regret this, sir. I don't care. <laughs> I got something for you. I'm supposed to uh, find a charity and throw some of the company's money at it. They all seem the same to me, so what's the difference? The human fund. $20,000? Made out to the human fund. <laughs> oh, damn, I've locked myself out of my office again. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> According to our latest quarterly thing... <laughs> Kruger Industrial Smoothing is heading into the red or the black or whatever the bad one is. <laughs> Any thoughts? <clears throat> well, I, um, I know uh, when I'm a little strapped, <laughs> I sometimes drop off my rent check having forgotten to sign it. That could buy us some time. Works for me. Good thinking, George. Uh, That's gold. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Man, damn, cuts me deep. Um, I was thinking for '90s movies generally, we should always. (laughs) There's probably always a Seinfeld actor in there because they had so many. So I'm going to be on the lookout for that in future. Our um, summary evaluation. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. 
Is there a Seinfeld character in here? <laughs> is there a Seinfeld? <laughs> um, and I couldn't find a clip for Elaine's co-worker. I thought it was the deaf guy, but that was that was Rob Schneider. Schneider, yeah. And you well, know, Schneider the last thing we want to do is play a Schneider clip. And you know what? Schneider's done a few JC movies. Oh, one. He has. But he's a good sidekick. I maintain that that is the best use of Schneider. Lat pack Mm. sidekick. Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, hey, Greg, guess what? So this was a bad year for JC in terms of movies, but it was a great year for JC the man. Because yeah. 1999 was the year that he remarried Gladys. Ah, we love Gladys. She's the best. It's, uh, she's she's behind every Van Damme. There's a Gladys. Yeah, man. Like she she is an angel sent from heaven. And they broke up when he started getting huge, and you know the he lost some, his way. He lost his way, and um, he got married a couple more times and divorced and and she became his she was first his third wife and then became his fifth wife and they're still together today and yeah. they're, very, they're a very sweet couple i happen to have a clip of him of their wedding apologies night? of their wedding night <laughs> because of my big legs and karate i can do the splits very simple um back and forth <laughs> feels good uh, a clip of him on Leno in 99 to promote this movie. It's a little awkward because Leno really wants to talk about his marriage history and the quality is a little poor. I apologize. But net, net, this is a great clip because it really captures, I think, that this is JC, you know, back on track in a lot of ways. So while this movie nice. may not be the greatest, he's having a great fucking time getting oh, back to yeah. his shit. Yeah. Why? Why isn't he? Why isn't he on um, our guy? Arsenio. Yeah, man. They need to make a movie of JC and Arsenio. Mm. That that would be a great, great movie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Congratulations, you got uh, married. The last. Well, you know, every time I see you getting married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be mean, but <laughs> now you got married again. Because people get confused. Now, who did you marry this time? This, a lovely woman. I'm not making fun. But, you know, I understand. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's hard to follow. Okay. Especially for you because you have so many stars to handle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's my ex ex wife. So this is your. She's the lady who gave me my wonderful children. Yeah. And uh, thank so this you. will be your. It's your, it's your my, third one. It's my number three who became number five. Number five. Yes, but number three. Number three. Number three, you remind three. And I'm going to try to become a good role model for my children, so I'll, I'll do my best. Oh, well, that's very good. That's good. Now, see, that's very good to you. And, and you're still a young man, because most guys, after five times, might think, you know, maybe we should just live together or something. But, you, right. but it's good. I mean, why remarry? Is it for the children? Is that why? So no, it's because uh, that woman was always there. I did my full cycle. I made my... My mistakes, yeah. lots of mistakes. I don't want to talk about the good stuff, but let's talk about the bad stuff. It's like it's exciting, right? <laughs> and uh, and she was so so good about. It. I mean, yeah. when I left her, I was such um, 
an idiot. You a jerk. Okay, and, come on, and for a couple that's of years, but okay. she stayed home. She raised those kids, and she was waiting for me. And she was, she was, she is, uh, she is not what I am. And yeah. I want to learn from her. Well, that's, that's very good. Now, you, so you repropose? Yes, I did. And here's my question: Can you use the same ring again? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, how does it work? Do you, do you have to get? No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I don't know. Can you go, hey, honey? You know that? You have a hell of a ring, I got you. Can we use that? Again? Or do you have to start all over again and get the new ring? A new, a new beautiful ring. Oh, starting a new one. Look at it. Got new ring. Yeah. New ring. And uh, they get bigger every year. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, the more mistakes you make, ooh, the bigger they get. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I'm not being a smart ass, but yes, after the fifth time, do your friends go, how many blenders can you use? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, does everybody buy another, you know, here's another toaster, and I mean, do they go, closet? It's not that way. When you get near it, you're losing everything. See, I lost about five houses. She kept my house, of course, and, and she took me back. So you get the house back? I, I get the ex, ex house. You get the ex, ex house? Well, that's cool. That's yes. very good. That's very good. But one thing. Do, do I look stupid or what? But one thing you cannot replace, which is great, it's the children. That's right. And, and that's, that's, that's the magic of life. No, but see, I like the fact that you don't. You, you, you make them, but you don't get jaded. You go, you fall in love again. And you do it again. I mean, no, that's okay. I was, I I was like always that. in love, but I was disturbed. I was confused. Yeah. Yeah. I was young. I'm still young. And I ask you, I mean, uh, how many times you were married? I I've been married one, 19 one time. Years. 19 years. I don't and know. no kids. No kids. Anyway, you get the idea. That's pretty sweet, right? Like, he's pretty... Uh, I like how he owns his... Uh, yeah. You know, he's like, it's... I was stupid and I was confused and, you know... I made, I made many mistakes. It is a great love story. It's beautiful, yeah. I saw a clip recently. I won't play it now because it's actually kind of sad. But I saw a clip recently. I think it was maybe it's, it's a bit old, but it was him and Glad. I think there was some kind of documentary with him or something, or he's, or some TV show was doing a deep dive or something. And he kind of went on a rant and got quite angry about like the movie business and stuff. And Gladys really just like zend him out. It's mm. really nice. Mm, Not that yeah. that's you know the woman's job to. Then out her man, but you know what I mean. Oh, it was really yeah, nice. I mean, both ways, right? We yeah, both ways. Other, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I guess we have to talk about the movie again now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got Michael Jai White in this thing. We do. I I initially I thought, oh, we've covered a few Michael Jai White films at this point, and we haven't really. Only Spawn. I mean, he's technically in the first Universal Soldier, but not really. He's there. But he seems like a good guy. Yes, he does. He's good friends with our friend of the show, Michael Chavello, isn't he? Yeah, Chavello vouches for him, says he's a legit fighter. Seen Rogan say the same thing. Uh, and actually, yeah. funnily enough, going full circle, he recently remade Sudden Death. Oh. Like last year or the year before. I saw it on something. I think it's like a new, a new movie. I think it's called Welcome to Sudden Death, but it, but it is basically a remake. Yeah. Okay. And um, interesting. I mean, he's pretty. I won't go through his whole martial arts history, but he seems pretty legit, right? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think his main focus is Kaikushin karate, but he's yeah, I saw that done a whole heap. Yeah. Um, he's a karate man. He's got some sweet kicks. Yeah. Have you seen Exit Wounds? No. 
He's in that with Steven Seagal. And he's oh, the baddie. DMX. Well, he's the goodie, but then he turns out to be the baddie. And he's epic oh, in that. The best they, have kind. A, they have a good fight. He's that's probably my favourite movie of his, I think. Should do that. I'm pretty light on the old um Seagal films. Yeah, we're probably we're we're pretty And actually we've been light Seagal. overall. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. We really it's are. Bit, yeah. We did one and I think we got soured a little. We did the good man. ones. Glimmer we did the man. worst one. <laughs> it's not his and Under Siege is an yeah. awesome movie. And Under Siege too. Yeah, I love Under Siege too. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, many. It's on a train. Um, you know what's funny? I was I was watching a, a few Michael Jai White clips uh, to kind of warm up for this podcast to find some material to talk about. And interestingly, I, I didn't really plan it this way, but just after watching that clip, one clip I saw him talking about the Will Smith slap and um, okay, it, it, he was talking about a lot of stuff, but somehow it came up. I guess it had just happened or something. And he was a really interesting dude because first of all he says I don't watch that stuff because I just don't want negative any kind of negative energy. Mm. So I'm like, first of all, check that's awesome. And then he said, but you know, I did see it because it was everywhere. And he he said it just basically made him really sad because what that means is that Will Smith, there are issues there that he hadn't resolved before he had power. So anything you don't resolve, this is what he says: anything you don't resolve before you have power is never going to get resolved because once you have power, there's no one there to challenge you or to yeah, like right. tell you you're wrong. Everyone's just drinking the cool weight and supporting you. And he even says about himself, coincidentally, like JC, he got remarried I think in like 2000 and mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. And he ended up writing an open letter to his ex-wives apologising and saying that his new wife has really like made him learn how to be a better husband and all this stuff because he basically didn't learn. He used that as an example of what happens when you don't learn before you have the power, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, it was really interesting to see someone talk about that. I guess it tracks with what we've talked about in the past with um, child stars because, you know, what what opportunity would they have to uh, sort out issues before they have power? They have power before they even know what their issues are. Mm. They're like, like Justin Bieber's and such. Yeah, isn't it? Is it the? It's a similar, but slightly different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? People say that the age that you get famous is the end of your is when end of your maturity. Yeah, that's cycle. the age you stay, basically, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, so kids who become really famous are quite often have a yeah not as developed maturity because they've basically had everything at that point. From then on, they've had everything done for them and nothing but yes men and. The likes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a similar concept, I think. And it's basically that same principle, yeah. And 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 that's why you get people like Steve Carell who becomes famous when they're 40 and they're just lovely. The best, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they they've resolved everything. And that's why we're doing it, right? That's why we're, <laughs> we're going to push for 50, 60 or so. Yeah, we should get big by then. And I tell you what, we'll have many resolved issues. Mm. Um, we'll be the least interesting famous people out there. Uh-huh. The least interesting semi-famous podcasters in the world above we, 60. Yeah, without ex-wives. <laughs> without ex-wives. That's here. here. Yeah. And I did come across some Michael Jai White clips of him saying that Jean-Claude Van Damme isn't a real fighter, which I was a little like, ah. But he did he did just mean it literally. He was like he doesn't pay his bills by fighting. That's kind yeah. of what he meant. He's an actor. 
And, you know, yeah, he can can fight, but he's not a fighter. And then I found another clip of him talking about JC and what a legend of a bloke he is. Mm. And I would, this sounds like it's off a podcast or something, and I don't, I would like to credit whoever it is, and I don't know who it is. I, I just found a YouTube clip, but it sounds like a phone call. But this is Michael J. White talking about JC and his experience on the first Universal Soldier film and this Universal Soldier film. I love working with Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's such a nice person. Uh, and I remember uh, we were in... Uh, so I did two movies with Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme. I did, I did the first one, which was uh, the first Universal Soldier. Yeah. And I was only in it for a very short time. Hmm. But uh, we had uh, flashback scenes in uh, Vietnam. And it was during a very, very cold morning. Uh, Jean-Claude insisted on uh, giving me his jacket to wear uh, between the takes because I, I, was, I was sleeveless. But this is the kind of person he is. He, he, you know, he loaned me the jacket, though you know, he didn't know me. I was just a, basically a glorified extra. Mm. But this is the type of man he is. And he invited me to train with him. And he was a movie star. And I was nobody. But I never forget that. And then eight years later, I'm facing him in the sequel where I'm a co-star for him. Yeah. So that, that's one of my favorite stories. But, uh, but I, I want people to know that Jean-Claude Van Damme is, is a really sweet and he's a great person. And I'm very happy to see his, uh, his new strides. He's got this great series coming out called uh, uh, John claude Van Johnson, and I can't wait to see it. Greg, have you watched Jean-Claude Van Johnson yet? Yeah. It's great. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a good signal of where Jay-Z's at. He's a very, very self-aware man, and he's funny. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I think this came up on one of our other Lap Pack episodes, not in the miniseries, but generally, mm. that actually... Jean-Claude Van Damme from the mid-2000s onwards actually has better Rotten Tomatoes scores than Sly and those guys because he's got that JCVD yeah. film. He's got uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Well, I guess it doesn't get Rotten Tomatoes, but you know what I mean. Like he's, he's got this new era of like self-aware JC, which is interesting. Yeah. Looking forward to get to that stuff, but it's two and a half years away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit in between. Um and uh, did you see the bouncy yet? Is that the, I'm just, it's called the bouncy. No, yeah. So that's that's a. I was looking it up because you know, as we had our crisis chat <laughs> earlier today, of like, what are we gonna do? I was like, I was pretty sure one of them was good, and yeah, the bouncer is a good one apparently. Yeah, and there's a, there's, there's another one too. Maybe it's the bouncer. I think there's another one directed by Peter Hyams that's supposed to be really good too. Oh, okay. And Peter Hyams was the, uh, well, his son did the new Universal Soldier. What did Peter That's Hyams right. do? Uh, uh, sudden Death maybe? Yeah, something like uh, that. Let's go with Sudden Death. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, so th- there are a couple of gems in there. We'll figure it out. I don't know, friends of the show, let us know. Do you want us to go through all of the director video ones or do we make it only JC cinematic vehicles? Maybe that's the filter. Um, 
But I don't want to cop out either. There's yeah. something the, the purist in me wants to make yeah, sure we do every I think JC we progress. film, but we we, yeah. we we can we you know we'll we'll find something to talk about. Well, we found it in this episode. We've managed to talk about stuff. We you know we're relatively on track. Yeah, but maybe no one will listen. We'll never know. Well, well, we we, we will never know. <laughs> What did you think of the music in this film, Greg? I didn't really pay too much attention. <laughs> well, it was very uh, 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 metal. Okay. Which was interesting because I criticised uh, The Expendables last week for not having a more Stan Bush, you know, classic Oh, of course, the metal. Soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I did notice it in the opening scene. Yeah, this course. had metal. Yeah. And I, I thought this is an interesting opportunity to kind of look back and take stock of the evolution of the sound of a JCVD joint because mm, the, it's an interesting evolution because it started, you know, with Bloodsport, with, with Fight to Survive, with Stan Bush, which I think we can all agree is pretty classic. My body's ready, my heart's on fire. Idea, good stuff. Then you know, kickboxer. We had another Stan Bush fight for love. Good one. Sometimes it seems so hopeless all alone. Nowhere to turn so far away from home. It's such music right he's thinking about stuff he's on a bus and, it's and raining you outside be, you know what sometimes you might feel a little chill because <laughs> yeah. it's snowing and you've got an empty think, tummy what about um herzog paul herzog is that our guy that's our guy right paul herzog's the he's basically the han zimmer of action films yeah of, of martial arts films that film was the score and everything was Paul Herzog, I think. And then Fight to Survive was peppered in for some ballad balladness. And then also, um, I think Feel the Impact, uh, a song very close to our hearts from Double Impact, of which we've co-opted into our theme song. Jump back and get ready. Huh. And that's 
seeing a bit of an evolution there from the classic, you know, Stan Bush ballads to mm. an emerging bad rap. JCVD is nothing if not consistent with his evolution because then we get into Street Fighter and, you know, the, the big single off that soundtrack was an MC Hammer song called Straight to My Feet. Yeah, it's a vibe. I feel like this is all very tracking with the style at the time. It's probably around the same time as Ninja Rap and, you know. Yep. It's, it's what the kids wanted. Um, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the apt statement. It's interesting because then I, I went through all the films, Greg, because, you know, a film like this where it's hard to think of things to talk about. So I, I went through all the films trying to find, like, the key singles. And then most of them after that just had a score, not so much a, a popular single, until we get to this film. And the whole soundtrack is, like, these heavy metal bands, so like Megadeth and a bunch of bands, oh, Anthrax. Oh, yeah, I've heard of those, both of those. A bunch of bands I haven't heard of that sound like heavy metal, Static X, The Flies, Clay People. We we are not heavy metal listeners. Well, I'm not. I don't know about you, Greg. Uh, not really. Yeah, not really. I respect it, but I just haven't really listened to it. Sometimes I listen to it when I, when I work gym. out. Yeah, yeah, it's good for that shit. Um, I'll, prob- I'll probably love it someday, but for now I don't know much about it. But in my endless... You know, digging for things to talk about. I wanted. I sometimes when we play the trailer, I notice there's interesting comments in the comments section, and so I went to the trailer to read the comments and just see. That's true. Usually, it's just funny, like this is the greatest movie, you know, fucking yeah. (laughs) Uh, But one of the comments called out this band on the soundtrack called Guar, and basically said, you know, this is the best movie ever just because of the Guar soundtrack. So Guar is this band. Have you heard of Guar or Guar? How do you spell it? G-W-A-R. Nope. They have a song in this called Saddam Agogo. Where the costumes? I've seen these these costumes. So Gua, I'm going to read a bit of Wikipedia here. Gua oh. is an American heavy metal band composed of and operated by a frequently rotating lineup of musicians. So I guess they're the they're the traveling Wilburys of heavy metal, <laughs> collectively known as the Slave Pit. They dress up in these crazy costumes. They their live shows are crazy, like. They're very much in character. Apparently they spray blood all over the audience. And 
in my relentless pursuit of of insight, I <laughs> I, I looked up on YouTube Gua interview and I actually found a really good, a really funny interview with them and Joan Rivers. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna play that now. Is it was it taken near um, near their annual festival called the Guabecue? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Well, Miss Rivers, the first thing I would like to do here as Otherus Jurongas, lead singer of Gua and my friend Beefcake the Mighty, we would like to heap lavish amounts of praise upon you. Let's hear it right now. A little cheer for the star. Hip, hip, hooray! Hooray! Hip, hip, hooray! Let's give her a hand. Here you go. (laughs) Don't you like it? I took it off. I'm going to make it into a lamp. I mean, let me ask you, you, what is going on in your concert? You throw blood out of the audience, right? You throw d- d- dismembered <laughs> limbs in theory, right? This, this all goes on during the concerts, right? Yeah, the, what, what is your philosophy behind all this? Well, basically, we view the human race as scum. We are indeed from another planet, you know, and human beings we see as food, dogs so much, to be destroyed on stage, en masse. They do not uh, dislike this. Rather, they throw themselves gleefully into the jaws of death. Yes, yes. That's right. It's sort of a uh, microcosm of the entire human condition, if you will. (laughs) This is a great... like a Sasha Baron Cohen character or something. It's so weird. He's fantastic. It wasn't at all what I was expecting. I just heard this gua thing. I was like, oh, some some like you know crazy metal heavy band. metal band I've never heard of. But they're like fucking hilarious. I've only scratched the surface. I only found this about an hour ago. So I've like, never heard of these guys. <laughs> same. I might be going down a rabbit hole on them. It's fucking amazing. Any friends of the show out there listening? Who there's got to be a couple fan, of guamen out there. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Surely. But Greg, look at us. We've made a full episode about this movie. <laughs> yeah. In a way. And stuff around this movie, I suppose. Uh, should we get into the verdict? I think so. I think it's time. <laughs> I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. What do you think of this movie, Greg? What's your verdict? Um, it had enough ingredients, but I probably, out of full respect to our stars of this film, who I love and admire, yeah, I probably won't revisit this one because they've got other things that I would rather watch in the place of this film. True. And I, I feel quite good to be able to say wholeheartedly, because, you know, we don't get to say it very often, to say wholeheartedly that it's best left in the past. Hmm. I don't think it's a rewatch. Not for the not for these two amateur potters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not for these two unqualified critiques. These two couchmen. Um, but you know what do we know? We've got to go through the test, of course. Did Simpsons mm-hmm. do it? No. Porn parody, no. Bechdel test, I don't know. Does a, a bar fight at a strip club count as Bechdel test? No. Probably not. 
We didn't even get any stripper names. That would have at least checked two boxes. Cinnamon. <laughs> FX test, I guess. There was explosions. That was not bad. There was a there was a jump on a jet ski. Oh, that was cute. Down at the bayou. Nice. Born nice. at the bayou. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to give MVP to Michael Jai White, but I don't know. That's just by default. I was going to give it to no one, really. I'll give it to Goldberg. Oh, yeah, why not? The the king of busting Jewish stereotypes. <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. He's a very open really? um, practicing Jew. Um, Jew? Good on him. Um, yeah, good on him. Because they don't have a, you know, they've got like a reputation for not being massive, roided up <laughs> wrestlers. Wrestlers. <laughs> you know the thing about Jewish people, they're just not big wrestlers. Oh, oh I beg to differ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exhibit Bill. <laughs> hey, Bill, what do you think of this guy? You, but you said the same thing about Steve Austin last week as well, right? He's pretty, you wouldn't think of, but he's pretty like progressive and... Uh, He's not really the stereotype that he appears to be in many ways. Aren't we all? You know, we're complex creatures, humans. We are. You just got to take the time to get under the skin of people like Gua. Yeah, get under that skin. And you, 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 there's always there's always a story. There's always a story. Yeah, be like Gua. Mm. Um, oh, next week we're going to do Greece, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. In honor Olivia of John. The, the great... Olivia Newton-John. National, global treasure. Olivia mm-hmm. Newton-John sadly passed away last week, this week. And, uh, man, it cut pretty deep. I tell you what, it cut deeper than I was expecting. So I think it's a great time to revisit Greece. We watched it. We've watched it. Yeah. It's an easy one go? to rope the wife in to watch with yeah. you as well. I've already made plans for that. Yeah. It was nice. Spoiler alert, hopelessly devoted to you is a banger. Mm. Mm. Maybe mm. maybe Universal Soldier The Return should have been a musical. Well, yes. Lap Pack musical, that's something. There you go. Yeah. Hold on to that thought. <laughs> I'll write that one day. It'll be big on the Broadway. Lap Pack, the musical. All right, well, leave a review and give it five stars if you... If you yeah, if give you. us a review. I want a review. Give us a review. We like to read it. We read it and we go, oh, that's so nice. And then it feels good yeah. and then it's this pod's worth doing. Yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. And, you know, I've caught it out before, we have more listeners in the US than Australia now, yet we have more reviews in Australia than the mm. US. So yeah. get it together. I heard you're a great country. Maybe. Prove it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I would have thought there would be more of a reviewing culture over there. Where you are. Yeah. Because you got like, like Yelp the Yelps and, and such. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, well uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna take Bruce Bowling. Oh yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, and Carol's like, yeah, we're going bowling. He's no, no, not we, me and Dad. <laughs> she's like, oh. you don't want us to come. He's like, I think I just want, I think just Dad and I, you, you and Lola, can go to lunch. 
I heard I heard he then goes, hey, everyone that's coming bowling, step forward. Uh-uh, not so fast, mum. <laughs> <laughs> no, he really, she was like, but what about the car? He's like, you guys going to take your I guess, oh, you can come in the car, but when we get there, you and Lola you go somewhere, and out. me and Dad will go somewhere else. <laughs> Just go somewhere that's not there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to Hooters. Nice. So we're going to Hooters. 